Hey church, good to be with you today. Glad that you're here. Awesome to have our guest with us today in the building and in worship to the Lord. And if you'd go ahead and take time to turn over to that Genesis chapter 1, we'll get there in just a minute. I want to thank all those that participated in the YMCA church event last night, especially for those that had organized and planned that. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful. Things that make you go, hmm. That's what I want to talk about this today and then next Sunday. Today is going to be looking at the human body. Next Sunday, God willing, we're going to be looking at the uh, nature, the things that God created and how special they are. And it'll bring glory to God and uh, I hope put a smile on your face as well. Well, it was Sunday school and they were teaching about how God created everything. And little Johnny was especially intent when they talked about how Adam and Eve were created and how Eve was created out of a rib on Adam's side. And so later on that week, Johnny's mom saw that he was laying down and uh, he looked ill. And she said, what's the matter, Johnny? And he said, I got a pain in my side. I think I'm having a wife. <clears throat> well, you... You'll laugh at anything, won't you? Yeah, that's good. All right, so things that make you go, hmm. Everybody hold your hand up like that. Hold your hand up like that. All right, now turn it like that. All right, now grab your chin like this and go, hmm. All right. Things that make you go, hmm, in God's creation. Uh, I want to turn to uh, Genesis where you are right now, chapter 1 and verses 1 through 4, and let's read. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Amen. We know the creation story in Genesis, so I'll stop right there. But I bring that text up because uh, the name God is mentioned here in this chapter alone 30 times. And it comes from a Hebrew word, Elohim. And that Elohim uh, for God, that's uh, capital G, lowercase o-d. So every time you see God in the first chapter, it is a Hebrew word, Elohim. Now, all cultures, if they believe in a God, false, or in the God, they're still going to use that uh, word God, capital G, little o, little d. I don't know how it spells out if they don't speak Hebrew, but all cultures use this name God. Our God has other names, like El Shaddai, Yahweh. He has other names as well I'll not be talking about today. But this, this name Elohim shows up 2,570 times in the Old Testament alone. God reveals himself as God. So what does this, this word Elohim, what's it mean? We say it as God, but it means, E-L on Elohim uh, means mighty. It means strength. It means strong one. And his mighty power to create the universe. And so he, he who speaks and it's done is Elohim. It is God. And so we talk about this uh, ex nihilo of uh, theologians. Other groups will use that word. That's not sacred only to 
uh, the church or to Judaism. Other will talk about something out of nothing, but that's what it means. It means that when God created, there was nothing. Hebrews 11 uh, verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what was seen was not made uh, out of things which are visible. In other words, when God arrived on the scene, there was no scene. There was no scene. When God arrived on the scene, he was the scene. All the action took place in Elohim. And he created all things by speaking the word. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11 says, For you created all things, and by your will they existed, for they were created. I was reading a book once uh, called The Freedom of Simplicity. We need to downsize in our life sometimes. That book, Freedom of Simplicity, was a great, humble read. But the man that wrote it, Richard Foster, is a professor at Friends University, and here's what he said. Whether we peer into the universe of the telescope or we peer into the universe of the microscope, we cannot help being amazed at the varied complexity of the created order. From the galaxy to the ant to the atom we are awed by the intricate mosaic. The apparatus, he's talking about the brain, he says the apparatus inside our head is literally inconceivable in its complexity, containing perhaps a hundred billion neurons. And beyond that is the mystery of the human consciousness, which baffles the imagination. As the psalmist declared, we are indeed fearfully and wonderfully made. And we are. We are. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens, you may read a translation that says, declares the glory of God. Other translation says, The heavens are telling of the glory of God. And when you go out on a crystal clear cold night, and you look and it just seems like the stars are just burst into your sight. That's what they're describing to us. The complexity, the grandeur, the loveliness of the creator Elohim. And the psalmist got it right that the heavens are declaring the glory of God and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands or the work of God's fingers, how he spoke and it came into exi existence. Listen, our human bodies are part of that creation. And so I want to, that's the message today. I want to look at parts of the body that would remind us of things that make us go, hmm. So you can do that each time I practice that throughout this message. I just need a, a good hmm, out of you at that time. And so, uh, our bodies are built upon a skeleton frame. A skeleton frame. Appreciate uh, Mary thinning down my skeleton frame, the one that I had chosen. He was a chubby short guy. And it showed up. So thank you for thinning out my skeleton, Mary. I appreciate it. But this skeleton frame, what's the significance of it? Well, it's varied and it's many, but one thing is, it houses all of our important 
organs inside the, the chest cavity, and that is important. It's essential. But look at, the, look at the bone structure. It goes from 21 inches at birth, 21 inches, and it goes to some of you guys are six foot and taller, six foot and larger. And it does that in 18 years. How does it do that? How can it change? How does it morph like that? When we break our bones, how is it that our bones have the ability to heal themselves? Over a short period of time, comparatively, I know your six weeks with the broken arm didn't seem like a short period of time, but it is because it's healing on its own, all by itself. It's an incredible, amazing skeleton frame. Without this skeleton frame, we would be no more than like jellyfish on the beach, just waiting on the tide to take us wherever, wherever the tide destines us to go. And our, our predatory animals of uh, thousands of years ago uh, would have consumed our ancestors and there would be no more human race. It's this skeleton frame, the way it was designed by God. Our bones are strong as steel, yet they are light as aluminum. And they are living tissues with blood vessels and nerves. Did you know that the bone structure is constantly repairing itself uh, about 10% of your adult, 10% of your adult bone structure, your skeleton frame is replaced every year. This bone structure continues to heal. Secondly, we have eyes to see. I know you're saying no, duh. And yes, that is my granddaughter. <clears throat> One of them. But... The, the instruments that our eyes are, think about this. We say that our eyes can dance. They, we say that they shimmer, they sparkle. We communicate with our eyes. You should have seen my dad communicate with his eyes. <laughs> we communicate with our eyes, with our eyebrows and our eyelids, and boy, our eyes speak volumes. They really do. But our eyes see, and not only do they see, they see in color. We see in color, and our eyes have the ability to adjust rapidly. We can be looking at a plane at 20,000 feet and say, look at it, it's just a speck. Here, I want you to see this, and we look at a tourism brochure on vacation, and we're that quick. You didn't have to change lenses. It was that quick from a far distance to uh, fine print on a page, unless you're wearing readers like I have to wear when I read. But nevertheless, it's a divinely made mechanism, the human eye. And so the optic nerve is an amazing creation. It's an, a work of art from Elohim. The lens, how it focuses in and out. The fluid in the eye, the optic nerve. And can you imagine the very first eyes created on Adam and Eve? Those eyes were created perfect the first time. 2020 vision. 2020 vision created perfect the first time. I might say that throughout this message, but we see beauty. God blessed us in that we, our world is full of action. Our world is full of color. And you're looking at that slide of many different colors, but you're not seeing an ugly gray. When you look out at the trees, you don't see ugly gray. When you look at the beautiful blue ocean, you're not seeing an ugly gray. 
Our planet is not an ugly gray to us. It's beautiful living color, as we say. And God blessed us to distinguish between the uh, mundane and the magnificent, from the awful to the awesome. Our God did this for us. Have you ever thought about the muscles that control the eye? The muscle moves the eye 100,000 times a day, they say. That's the equivalent of a 50-mile walk. Aren't you tired already? The eye is constantly moving. When we blink, we blink 15 times a minute. I know some of you are going to try to prove me wrong right now. I dared you, didn't I? You will not blink. But nevertheless, that's 15,000 times in a day spontaneously to moisten our eye and to carry away something in the eye or the dust that gets in our eye. We might not even know it, but it's doing this blink for a reason. But do you know when it, it shuts in a third of a second, do you realize that out of 15,000 times a day, that means your eye is closed a lot? But your brain doesn't worry about what happened when you were in the dark. Your brain fills in what you don't see when your eye is closed for that third of a second. It's magnificent what God has done by giving us the eye. And we can uh, uh, see, and it's beautiful. That's just one of the things that makes us go, hmm... Then there's the ears to hear. The ears to hear. Now, if you're losing your hearing, yeah, they warned us about not having ear protection when you use a chainsaw, a weed eater, or when you're always shooting a gun, or maybe when you turn your music up a little loud. And we're just loving a summer day. The windows are down on the car, and the music's pumping, and we're going deaf as we're talking about it. <clears throat> what? I didn't hear that. Yeah, those are the things that I did, and I, have, I suffer from hearing loss. But our ears, we can recognize the beautiful sound of a loved one's voice, the laughter of a child, your favorite song, a bird whistling. You can also uh, hear a storm moving in. You can hear an enemy sneaking up behind you. You can also hear a burglar in the house during the night. But you can hear because God blessed you with that gift of hearing. And it is so we can communicate with one another and express love. And it's so we can hear the gospel story and the story of God. We can hear it and we can take it in. We can believe it and we can live it because of God's supremacy, his saviorship, and his sovereignty. But next, there are the lungs, our lungs in our body. It fits inside the skeleton frame to protect the lungs, but we're so blessed to be able to receive oxygen, to transfer oxygen when we breathe in, it's going into the lung, but there's a transformation that takes place in the lung then, and that oxygen transforms and it goes into the bloodstream. Amazing that this even happens. I want you all to breathe in. That's incredible. It's incredible what happens. It's unbelievable. I want you to all to exhale. Oh man, never mind. Have you, have you ever 
or a loved one gone to the hospital and you had issues with the oxygen and they'd put an oximeter on the end of your finger, right? Why? They want to know the saturation of oxygen in the blood. And you may have put one of those rubber tubes on there. What's that thing called? Cannula? Am I close? I'm close, okay. So you got that on there. No experimenting. Listen, when God created the lungs, there was no experimenting. The oxygen was right the first time. Adam and Eve, they would have suffocated if they didn't have the right oxygen mix. Maybe they were only getting 30%. Maybe they were only... What about when uh, their sons, Cain and Abel, were born? No, it was all perfect when they were born. Our lungs, uh, the baby's lungs. Man, when someone's having a premature baby, we're concerned about it being too premature. And one of the things that can go wrong is there's a fluid that's on the inside of the lungs, and it's called surfactant. Did I pronounce that one right? Surfactant. And that's the film that covers the inside of the lungs. And a newborn, premature, does not get that fluid. They need to stay in the womb longer so that fluid can develop. Can you believe it? That God gave us the fluid so when we exhale, the lung will not stick and stay. But that the lungs expand because of surfactant. Our lungs expand when we breathe. We breathe in oxygen and we exhale uh, carbon dioxide. There are 300 million air sacs in our lungs. 300 million. They say that if you could spread uh, the, the inside of our lungs, if we could spread it out, it would be as large as a tennis court. Can you fathom that? What God did allowing us to breathe in and it convert and go into the bloodstream to bless us. <clears throat> this lung process was created perfect the first time so Adam and Eve could live. God created the fluid, the surfactant into the lung so it can work. No experimenting, no guesswork. It was created perfect the first time or they would be dead. Reader's Digest uh, wrote, you breathe 25,000 times without even trying. Why, if you had to think about breathing 25,000 times in a 24-hour period, you wouldn't be able to get anything done. But it happens automatic. It's, it's automatic. You were created that way from the beginning. Again, I say courteous of Elohim. Perfect the first time. And then we move on to the digestive system to carry nutrients to the body. How ingenious to put this in our bodies. Because we need this fuel when we eat. But we need a way to digest this fuel that we can go and move the skeleton frame, this muscle frame around and get work done and go bless people. And so that's what we do with our digestive system. Without proteins in our bodies, in our structure, we cannot exist. And now we get protein to sustain us by eating and have a system to carry that fuel to the bloodstream that it blesses us. We have saliva. Saliva, six cups a day. Is what the average body produces. Wow. And yet, without it, you're not able to taste. You're not able to swallow. Saliva is a germ fighter. And it, its enzymes clean the mouth and prevent tooth decay and infections. 
And then there's our stomach in this digestive system. The lining of our stomach regenerates itself 25% of the time. We have hydrochloric acid in our stomach that God put there. It breaks down the food when we eat. It is so potent and strong uh, enough that to dissolve the metal zinc. And that is why to regenerate itself, the stomach has to regenerate, re- regenerate itself every four to five days because of this uh, hydrochloric acid. We needed something to help us break down the food and allow it to dissolve food small enough to go to the next stage, which is the small intestines where it receives the nutrients for the body for, for, from this food. Large intestines to the colon. It was all created perfect the first time. Created perfect the first time. Amazing. No guesswork. Adam and Eve enjoyed the fruits of the Garden of Eden without complications of a body that had no digestive system. They would have died. A body that couldn't get rid of the poisons inside. They would have died. Created perfect the first time. And then there's a heart. There's a heart to carry oxygen to the brain and blood to the body. Again, I'm going to use the word amazing. What God did by every one of us and living things have a heart. And uh, who started that heartbeat beating? There's much discussion today about uh, the killing of human life in abortion. Who started that baby's heart to start beating? And was it not God that started that heart to beat? Your heartbeat will beat 100,000 times in a day. It'll about 35 million times in a year. And during the average lifetime, the human heart will beat 2.5 billion times in a lifetime. And and think think 80-plus years. 80-plus years every day without missing a beat unless you develop some health issues. But that's on you and me. That's not on how God designed the heart. He designed it to beat. He designed it to beat. And what's amazing to me is the blood. Have you ever had blood issues? Have you ever had blood problems? You've been in a hospital because there's something not right with the blood. It's too much. It's too little. Too many red blood cells. Too many white blood cells. Or the fact that we even have red and white blood cells. Why is it designed that way? Because it takes care of the body. Have your muscles ever hurt when you exercise? The blood carries out the lactic acid of our muscles so we can run, we can work, we can exercise. Uh, The buildup of lactic acid is the primary reason that our muscles ache. And so you flex and stretch your muscles and your body releases the lactic acid and it's trapped in the muscle fibers and it's your blood, this amazing blood that was created perfect the first time. The first time, created perfectly, carries out that lactic acid. This uh, acid dissipates from the muscles when it causes cramps and pain. This blood was created perfect the first time. There's a book called... um, God made by uh, Isaac V. Manley. He's a medical doctor, but more specifically, he is a surgeon that practices in Raleigh, North Carolina. Before I get to his quote, I want to tell you something about his life. Dr. Isaac Manley, he was taught 
the human body came about by blind chance. He was taught that through high school, and he believed it. He believed everything they said about that process. He was taught that in the university, and he believed it. He believed everything they said about the, how the body came about in a worldly belief system. He was taught that in medical school, and he believed it. He believed every bit of it. But he said when he became a surgeon, and he saw the dynamics of what takes place in the human body, he said, I cease to believe in evolution. He said, I now believe that God created the heavens and the earth, the way the Bible says. And so I want to read his quote. We know humans frequently feel no immediate pain when they are injured. Nine, nine, he says, opiate-type substances have been identified in various locations of the brain and spinal cord, which act on, which is referred to as the analgesial, analgesia system. You were trying to help me. God bless you. These substances are released during periods of acute stress. Endorphins are produced to help relieve pain. In surgery, blood clotting is enhanced to reduce blood loss. Blood flow shifts. Whenever the body goes through a traumatic experience, blood flow will cease, so you stop bleeding, and it goes to protect the organs. Who designed that? He said that was not blind chance. That was designed from the beginning to do that. And so it leaves the area that is bleeding and the vital organs are protected and amino acids are released for wound healing and glucose is released uh, from stores of the liver and from the muscles. And that's what his book is, is about, the blood. And what happens in all the things that could not have evolved. They were in the blood to begin with. They were there perfect the first time. It's a great read. It's a shame that that book is out of print. How about the fact, this is out of Reader's Digest, if you've uh, ever got a cut or a scrape after some bleeding that helps clean the wound, your body stops the blood flow by clotting. Isn't that a neat feature that God created the first time? That when you get cut or you get attacked, you're bleeding, it will stop bleeding. If bacteria enters through the break in the skin, the white blood cells quickly arrive to destroy them. Mast cells from your immune system release histamine, a chemical that increases blood flow to the site and makes the injured area red and swollen. It can save your life. Dr. Manley said, Are you willing to accept Evolutionist claims that these remarkable hormones and biochemical agents came into existence by pure chance. Does it make any sense to you that processes which require a whole chapter in a medical book to describe could have developed themselves by haphazard, undirected, senseless, purposeless, accidental transcription errors in the DNA code of life it's as if the blood had a brain telling it how to develop. No. He says it was created perfect the first time. 
How is it that men have a reproductive system that cooperates with a female counterpart? How was it that this, uh, this male was supposed to have been uh, evolved out of a primeval soup with a reproductive system in it, and it just so happens that, oh, here comes the woman that just happens to have the other side of that system. It's, it's beautiful, and God created it perfect the first time. Have you ever thought about this? That we have the ability to create life because it was designed that way by a God who loves us and wants us on his earth. And then time doesn't uh, allow me to talk about the uh, swallowing process, that you've got two tubes in your throat and a flap covers the windpipe every time you swallow. When my dad with chronic COPD, I was there for his uh, uh, x-ray. It was a video x-ray. And I got to see that process of how he swallowed. And that flap covered over it. It was amazing to see what this surgeon, Manly, must see when he does surgeries. And then the body's ability to create <clears throat> uh, chemicals that are released when we get in a dangerous situation. And it creates a fight or flight where does that come from? How, how, how did the body just happen to have the chemicals and know when to release them to cause the heart to race so you can make a decision whether you need to fight about it or you need to flee? But everything's there for you to do one or the other. It's amazing. The brain itself, 100 billion neurons, rapidly fire and talk to each other 50, uh, 5 to 50 times per second. They travel 270 miles per hour. With this brain, we can plan, prepare, invent, help, be compassionate. We can even love, not to mention our joints, our ligaments, muscles, spinal cord, the DNA structure, that our body needs water to function, and we just happen to be on a planet that is covered three-fourths by water. The other planets do not have that blessing. My goodness, people. I know that you in the medical field I know that you're thinking, oh, I hope he mentions this. Oh, I hope he mentions that. Well, these are just some of the things that make me go, hmm. We're blessed, aren't we? We are blessed. We are not primeval slugs stuck on the mold of the bark of a tree in a deep forest. No, we're God's creation. He loves us. He loves life. And so... In conclusion, the glorious truth is Jesus Christ is our Elohim. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, For by Him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. In John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. I'm going to turn over to 1 Corinthians. <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, so we're not going very deep. After Romans is 1 Corinthians. Chapter 6, verse 15. 
In 15 it reads, And do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Verses 19 through 20. 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. There's much talk about today that uh, women are their own body and they should do what they want to, uh, not for the Christian. It is spelled out very plain, for you are bought with a price that you are not your own. You belong to Jesus Christ. And then we find in Romans chapter 6, I'm going back to Romans chapter 6 and reading verse 13. It's on the slide. Romans 6 and 13. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been uh, brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. These bodies that I have described, just a scratch today, were created that we would bring glory and honor to Him. And if we are living for ourselves and we are not bringing honor and glory to Jesus Christ, then we are not pleasing in His sight. And we must use our bodies for Him Isaiah 45 and verse 5, I am the Lord and there is no other besides me. There is no God or there is no other Elohim. And one thing I mentioned, and it might have gone undetected in this message, when I mentioned the word love and that we have the capacity to love because we were created by a loving God. And I want to go to uh, 1 John back in the back of your New Testament in chapter 3, in verse 16, isn't that neat how John had wrote John 3.16? And now we're at 1 John 3.16. 3.16 reads, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, for the church, for each other. In chapter 4 and verses 7 through 11, 7 through 11, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Isn't that dynamite? Let's go through 11. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Am I right? Word of God is right. The Word of God is just one of those things that makes us go, hmm... That this God is a God of love. And he wants everyone outside of Christ Jesus to know this love. He wants you to love him. He wants that so much that he was willing, Jesus was willing to go to the cross of Calvary and die on your behalf. That he would be 
that big word I mentioned in that reading in 1 John, that word propitiation for our sins, that means the wrath of God was turned away by an offering. And that offering was one that I could not come up with. It's an offering you could not come up with. It is an offering that Jesus gave himself to die on the cross on our behalf. Perfect man died for an imperfect people. That's love. And we have love and we know love because of Jesus Christ. Serve him today. Celebrate him. Make him your savior and give your life to him. We're going to sing an invitation hymn this morning, and we do extend an invitation for you to come. But you might be new to Christianity, and you're not really sure what in the world are you going to do when you get up here. That's a nerve-wracking process, isn't it? What's he going to do? Is he going to embarrass me? No, I will do my best to protect you from that. But I do tell you that you must come believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You must come believing that he raised physically from the dead and that he is coming again to receive his bride. He is going to take us, the church, to his heaven. You must come repenting of sins. You're not going to repent to me. You're not going to repent to any other person. You're going to only repent to God in the name of Jesus Christ. And then if you've never been immersed, if you've never been baptized by immersion, and we'll go to this tank right here. And we've got robes in the back and we've got towels for you to dry off when you come out. But we'll go and obey the gospel that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You can have that. You can have that before you leave here today. Let's all bow in prayer. Lord God in heaven, we thank you for the creation. And Lord, I can't wait till next Lord's Day to present the, the outward creation, natural creation. And I pray blessings on this people today, dear God. We have so many thoughts and so many uh, political convictions in our heart. And they get in the way of what you're trying to say. So help us to see the word. Help us to see what you have done, dear God. And may we live by faith. And may we be faithful to living that faith out. I pray for those that need to come. In Jesus' name, amen.